Come along with us as we explore the broad world of preservation and the work being done to preserve, interpret, and save our past in a 21st century world. From aquaculture to historic foodways to forensic modeling, we're talking weekly with experts from across the globe. This is your host, Nick Redding. Welcome to PreserveCast. Join us on this week's PreserveCast as we talk with Robin Hodgson about her book, Abandoned Maryland House's Ruins of the Maryland Dream, which she co-authored with her partner, Rhea Hodgson. Her book takes the reader through abandoned historic homes throughout Maryland through photographs and history. And on this week's PreserveCast, Robin will share some of the behind the scenes of her photography and what it took to write this book. Also, first, a brief disclaimer on this episode. Neither PreserveCast nor Preservation Maryland, which powers this podcast, endorses, suggests, or ever encourages anyone to ever explore, enter, or otherwise investigate a historic place without prior owner consent. Trespassing is never acceptable, and we do not condone the practice. Always engage in ethical documentation and exploration of historic places. This is Nick Redding. You're listening to PreserveCast, and today we're really excited to be talking with Robin Hodgson, who is co-author with Rhea Hodgson of a new book called Abandoned Maryland Homes, Ruins of the Maryland Dream. And, uh, you know, it it explores this whole world of abandoned structures and how they got there. I think the the unique thing about this book is it it talks a little bit about, in many cases, the process and and what happened and and the potential for saving these places. But before we get into all that, um, we love to get to know our guests. And so, um, Robin, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what led you down the path of writing a book like this? Like, what professionally do you do? And when did you kind of get the bug for um, exploring this kind of story? Well, I'm originally from Florida. I'm a native Floridian. I lived there until I was uh, 32 years old. And I became a journalist in South Florida. I had graduated from journalism school. And I was a freelance journalist so uh, I use, I started taking photographs along with my stories to earn more money. Um, my family is originally from the South. So whenever we would take trips up to South Carolina, uh, you know, my, my mom would drive around and, you know, and then I would visit great aunts, old homes. And I just love the old structures because everything in Florida is new. And I fell in love with, you know, the history and the story. And I was a weird child. I loved even going in the old graveyards and learning about the history of where my family came from. And I even was in the punk rock movement in the 80s, you know. So I would go to shows in abandoned uh, warehouses and things like that in the 80s. Uh, so I think that all, all these things kind of work together. So when I came to Pennsylvania, my first reporting job was actually in Pottsville, uh, up in Schuylkill County. And uh, I was a general assignment reporter and I fell in love with the area because of the history of the Industrial Revolution in that whole area. And of course, you know, the Molly Maguires and one of the assignments, they they loved my kind of outsider view that I had there, you know, seeing it from fresh perspective. And they assigned me to do a series of stories on Centralia, uh, you know, where the mine fire has been burning for, at the time, 65 years. And 
you know, uh, doing that. And at the time there were more people living there. Um, I think that was, you know, kind of like my first introduction and there were a lot of abandoned structures around. Um, and then after, you know, my spouse and I, after our kids moved out, we both had a love of photography and writing and we started driving around, you know, the back roads. We've always done that because we were always broke having kids done when we were going to school and it was like a cheap way of doing something together. Uh, take back road trips and started photographing. And for me also getting to know the Northeast and the mid Atlantic region and exploring that history, uh, it sort of kind of fell in that way, you know, and, uh, we just literally will take off and sometimes drive across three States in a day. Um, and where do you live now and why Maryland? What was the focus on Maryland? I, I, we live in Lancaster County, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, we actually have a first book that was on, uh, Pennsylvania that we did, but then, uh, the publisher actually had talked to us about doing a second one. And I, I knew we, I had hundreds and hundreds of photos in Maryland, um, that from us driving around, um, it's just, we live so close to the border and we had just, I don't know. I just, I fell in love with it. I, for me, um, I don't know. I feel a tie. I personally would move to Maryland, <laughs> but I, uh, there, it's surprising to me that the wealthiest state in the nation has so many abandoned structures across. And I think I wanted to document that in some way. And it, it started out that way. It's fascinating. And I, you know, I, you, I think the interesting thing about this book, and we'll put a link in the show notes so people can purchase it, um, is that in, in many cases, I said sort of in the intro, you explore sort of the reason behind some of this. So it's not just the pictures in many cases. It's sort of a story about how this happens and how things kind of fall apart, even when in so many cases in these structures, they're, you know, the, the places of, of tremendous wealth, you know, a hundred years ago, and now they're completely fallen apart. Um, so you wrote the book on Pennsylvania and started right driving around and finding those places. Talk to us about the process of putting a book like this together. Is it, um, I know the, the the pictures or you and your spouse did these, um, but how long did a book like this take to put together and what's the process for finding them? And then we can talk about the process for getting into some of these structures because obviously you, you got access to some of them. But what was the process for and the length of, of kind of creating the, the book itself? Well, I think the big thing was sort of organizing to see where they were and I needed to, we, that's why at the beginning I needed to learn more about the history of Maryland. And I found it really fascinating, the struggle between the Catholics and Protestants and where that history came from. I mean, it's so different from Pennsylvania. And I really needed to know that history to shape the book more and to kind of understand the characteristic about how the homes and structures and everything to be and I think it plays out about how the landscape is shaped and it helped me sort of get a better understanding since I'm not originally from the state 
Um, and then to help me organize a little bit better uh, where each of the houses are from. Uh, some of the houses are in the book, not placed where they really would be on purpose because I'm trying to hide their location a little bit because they're still standing and I want to protect, you know, and I want to respect because they're still standing. And uh, that's why some of the places don't give as much detail um, on them. Um, I think that was the big thing is looking at what I had, you know, uh, with, you know, the bigger mansions where, you know, we have more of a story, we can really look into the deeper history of it. And then kind of looking at, you know, Eastern Shore houses that has a whole different story to just the regular farmhouses that go across like the Piedmont area. You know, like why are they, you know, that helped me shape the book. And I forget the second question. You asked me like three questions. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. just it's 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 fascinating. So um, how how long did it take to kind of document all of this? How how many trips do you think you took across Maryland to do this? And were they were they all day trips from Lancaster or did you you do some overnights? No, they're definitely day trips. And it was definitely a couple of years. Uh, it took to amass hundreds of photos. I definitely have hundreds more photos that are not in the book. It was limiting because I only had so many photos that they allowed me to put in the book. And I, I could have put many, many more. I, I have many, many more photos of places across Maryland. So it was it was difficult to discern what I wanted to go in uh, when I was making my own personal editorial decision on that Um and I still have hundreds of more places that I want to go in Maryland that I have pinned on my map that I need to go to. Is there a potential for another book or a blog that people can follow and kind of go more in depth? Well, I, I am on Instagram and they can start there. And my Instagram is morning like M-O-R-N-I-N-G underscore reveries. And they can follow my work there. If also, again, I won't name where a place is if it is still standing, you know, unless it's well known, because I don't, you know, teenagers are not respectful of places like these. And I don't want, and I, my hope, of course, is for the anything to get preserved. So I would want the integrity. I don't want vandals getting in. I don't want things getting stolen. Yeah. And I think that that's an interesting sort of, um, distinction um and maybe a good segue here which is there's there's some interesting like within the preservation community ethical questions about sort of documentation of places like this and i think you do a really i mean obviously you go to great lengths to if the structure is still standing not identify exactly where it is because you're trying to protect the structure and, and things like that talk to us about the ethics of this kind of thing like how do you how do you balance that? And then also, um, how do you get access? So like you have some amazing interior shots in a lot of these pictures. How do, how does that come about? Um, well, in the exploring community, <clears throat> there are people who don't have necessarily the same kind of ethics per se. Um, and they might overshare with their friends or, you know, hand out things and, but what, unfortunately, what I've seen is like, 
the Stonewall Farm, which is in the book, if you see on page 70, which is one of my favorite places. Unfortunately, that place was burned to the ground. And uh, it just was devastating. You know, I felt like such a personal connection there. And then when that had been given out to to people um, and tons of kids showed up, I called even the municipality trying to get it boarded up afterward, um, hoping that it would this would not happen, but teenagers were in there. They ended up within a year and a half of it getting out on the internet. Um, The whole front of it was full of graffiti walls were kicked in. And then, uh, you know, not too long later, it was set on fire. Uh, You know, then as we know, the Gundry glass sanitarium, which is also, I write about in the book was set on fire. Um, So I've just seen so many places like this from New York where I've been to Pennsylvania and now in Maryland too, and even New Jersey destroyed. And, but then I've seen places saved, you know, there's a manor in here that I didn't name on purpose, but I was really shocked. There was literally a tree going through it, a giant hole and it was saved. Um, So I've seen places that you would never think could be saved, saved. Let's take a pause, come back, and then talk about how books like this can actually inspire preservation. And sort of we've talked about sort of the the sad versions of this when they get burned, when they're sort of overvisited. But there's some good examples, too, of highlighting vacant structures and, and the good that can come of that. And we'll do that when we come back here on PreserveCast. No machine yet contrived or hereafter yet contrivable will ever equal the fine machinery of human finger. The Campaign for Historic Trades, a national workforce development program of Preservation Maryland, in partnership with the National Park Service, is working to train the next generation of historic tradespeople, focusing on the skills needed to maintain, preserve, restore, rehabilitate, reconstruct, and deconstruct historic structures. To learn more, find opportunities to get engaged and support the work, visit historictrades.org. This is Nick Redding. You're listening to PreserveCast. Excited today to be talking with Robin Hodgson, um, who, with her partner, Rhea, wrote Abandoned Maryland Houses, Ruins of the American Dream. Um, before we took our break, we were talking about how um, she documents these places and trying to keep the the identification and the location of places that are still threatened um, sort of anonymous so that they're documented, but they're not becoming sort of attractive nuisances to people um, you know, demolishing them or burning them and things like that. Um, before we took a break, I, I was, I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, we talked about, we sort of led with the, with the sadness of some of these being lost, but there's, there's, there's good stories that come out of this too. And that highlighting vacant structures sometimes spurs people to action. Do you have some like examples of those or things that you, you've seen happen because of that? The cover, the actual cover, Winterborn, which is completely shocking. I mean, when I went in Winterborn, the whole half side of the house was gone. And literally, like, the whole back side of the I mean, completely open. We crawled up into an empty, you know, I mean, you would never think this house would be rebuilt or anything. And 
then it too had gotten, you know, covered in graffiti. Um, Winterborne was a magical place to explore and to go into. You could just feel the energy. You could feel the history and to see the overgrown gardens. And I know um, the people who are restoring it now, uh, you know, they are, they're following me on Instagram too. And they have bought this book, um, which is really nice of them. So that is an amazing story, how they are, are rebuilding this house, this national register of historic places, a home um, to look, ex- you know, exactly like how it used to look, which I think is, is pretty fantastic. There is a house, there are a couple of houses in the book that I was shocked. There is one too, that is, a, I can't remember where it is, but it's a really big farmhouse that was a hoarder house. I mean, I'm talking up to my waist in mess but it was full of antiques from uh victorian times i mean just packed and i thought i was going to fall through the floor there was a beautiful dining room area where it was caped in you would never in a million years think that it was going to be saved and in the book i have a picture of it where they were starting to restore it and now we drove by it recently it is completely rebuilt i i couldn't believe it it almost seems like you, your next version could be abandoned and restored. Yeah, um, yes, and sort of yeah. the, the the positive. And I guess that's a question. What's what's next? I mean, where are you, you you've have gobs of photos. Um, there's a lot more states to explore. Um, you know, the kids are out of the house, as you said. So you got you got some yes. time to hit the road. Where where are you going next? What what are you doing? It seems like you have the creative bug. So what what are, what are you going to do next? Well, right now. Um, right now, professionally, I'm taking a, a break because for medical reasons. So I haven't been out exploring as much because of my health, but I'm hoping to get out soon. I would actually like to do a book on the uh, east side of Pennsylvania. And then I would like to do one on the eastern, just on focusing on the eastern shore of Maryland as well. Um, and then also... I need, I have a lot of places that I want to document in New Jersey. Uh, so it, it's, it's hard, you know, it takes a long time to go around and get these and you want the light to be right. And they're far away. You get there, the weather changes. So it, it's, you know, you go there, someone's screaming, even if you're not in the yard, someone's yelling at you to go, you know, it's, it, it takes a lot to get a photo, um, I always am respectful. I don't want to upset anyone. You know, I'll even ask neighbors, you know, is it okay? Do you mind? Because, you know, it's annoying. I would, I own a house. I know how I would feel um, if someone was annoying me, you know, running around. Um, you know, who's this person out here with the camera? And I'm I'm curious of all the ones that you've documented, do you have any, and I should have asked this as we were just talking about the book and then we moved on to kind of what's next, but um, favorites are there ones that kind of pop out that like you just either the the ones that you really don't want to see lost or the ones that you're you know if, you know we talked about the ones that have been restored but but what is your laundry list of ones that if you could wave the magic wand you would save right now well in which state <laughs> well we'll stick to maryland since we're covering that book today okay um 
Well, there's one I did name that is still standing that I'm really concerned about, and that is the Uplands Mansion that, you know, was the home of of um, Mary uh, Garrett, what's her name, Mary Garrett Jacobs. I'm just, yeah, I'm concerned about that. I am, it is trash from when I was there. I haven't been there in years. And I know from seeing other photos of it on the internet, it is literally getting destroyed. And it has such a rich history. And I know that, you know, a developer owns that land and uh, is looking to do development there. And I really think that part of the reason why the Gundry Glass one was just, I, you know, so <clears throat> that one too, you know, people ask me all the time if I believe in the supernatural, uh, if I ever had any supernatural experiences. And in that house, I was definitely creeped out. But um, that's one that I think I would really love to see saved but yeah, just its history going back, you know, the land ties to the Revolutionary War and and who she is to the who she was to the Baltimore community. Yeah, that's a good one to to identify. So um, we talked about where we're headed next um, and sort of all the different work that you have to, to do and, and potential um, places to document. Um before we go, um, obviously, there's a link in the show notes for people to pick up the book, um, and it's just a, a great look. I think it, one of the really cool things that I, I love about it is that it's pretty much all full color. Normally, uh, books like that, you, you don't get all full color. So this is um, quite the collection, really beautiful photography, um, and really kind of paints a picture. And as we said, in many cases, kind of tells the story of these places and how they fell apart. So um, before we go, um, we love to ask everyone your favorite historic place or site. Normally a, a tough question to answer, um, but maybe it's the most recent one that you visited that you love the most. It is a tough question. It's not really a, a recent one. I just have to say my favorite historic place is really a city is just New Orleans. I just love New Orleans. I love the, I love the French Quarter. Because I love the decay, I love the structures, I love the architecture. Um, but separate than that, of course, I love the whole Maryland, Virginia, D.C. area. Because when I was a little girl, uh, I was in a gifted program and I got to travel up and visit. Uh, I, I don't even remember everything, but I got to visit a lot of historic sites and of course, go to all the Smithsonian museums, and it just stayed with me too, and helped me, you know, have a love of history. So, besides journalism, my other, I almost studied history, and uh, that, you know, I think stayed with me. Um, I, I just, I love even the old farmhouses that I could find some kind of connection that you don't expect to history that might look innocuous and then you find out their story. Um, I think that's pretty phenomenal. Great. Well, that's a great place to end the conversation and so glad to have you with us today to talk about the book. Um, the book, again, is Abandoned Maryland Houses, Ruins of the American Dream. You can pick it up wherever you get your books, and we have a link in the show notes uh, so you can find it yourself. Um, thanks so much for joining us today, Robin. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for all you do. 
Thanks for listening to PreserveCast. To dig deeper into this episode's story, head over to PreserveCast.org for show notes and our collection of previous episodes. Don't forget to engage with this podcast by subscribing, commenting, and leaving a review. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PreserveCast for even more. PreserveCast is currently recorded in Walkersville, Maryland, and sponsored by the 1772 Foundation and powered by Preservation Maryland. Thanks for listening and keep on preserving.